millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Mann. Thank you for tuning in. Please do rate, review, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like and give us that thumbs up and also subscribe if you feel like it. Come on. Why not? Right. We're going to be here all season. It's going to be a lot of fun content. Joining me today is uh, Svandir Berheni from The Score, an NBA content creator. Lots of fun stuff. And there is no other person I'd like to do this podcast with than you because you cover the NBA really well. How are you? Good, man. Good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, very excited to to dive into the Eastern Conference and how it relates to to the Raps, but should be fun, man. Yeah, definitely. So as uh, as said, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a certain amount of teams in the Eastern Conference, probably teams that the Raptors would be competing against for some of those playoff spots. Um, so we're not going to talk necessarily about the New York Knicks that much or the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe you can shoot me if you want to, but I just don't feel <laughs> that they are some of the teams that are most likely to be in that top six and are probably more likely to be in the playing contention. So the teams we're going to talk about are the Bucks, Nets, Hawks, Heat, Bulls, um, 76ers, and then we'll round it out with the Boston Celtics. And we're just going to compare the Raptors to all these teams using um, a certain amount of categories. We're going to look at the offense of both teams, defense, rebounding, ball movement, coaching, bench, and just intangibles, things that you can't really measure. There's no metric for it. It's just something that these teams have over the others. So let's start from the top with the NBA champions. Still shocked that the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA title. No, I don't, I don't, we don't want to keep on slandering them. You know, the injuries happen across the board in the NBA and uh, they definitely did grow throughout those playoffs and they are worthy champions, but it still feels weird. Yes. Yeah. That we are calling them NBA champions. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after, you know, the playoff experiences that we've had with the Bucks over the past couple of years, it, yeah. it's kind of surprising to say that they've, you know, claimed the throne. Um, I think, I think the Bucks are an interesting team just because I do think championships end up galvanizing teams. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw that with the 2019-2020 Raptors where you have a nucleus that comes in. They already know how to get to the point that they want to in the playoffs. And I think the goal changes. Um, so for the Bucks, I imagine the same thing happens this season where they they know what they're they're going up to do. So yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll be an experience thing. Um, in terms of you know, comparing them to the Raptors, I think there's a lot of interesting similarities to Bucks of past that we can look at compared to the mm-hmm. Raptors. Obviously, they've lost PJ Tucker, which was, in my opinion, a pretty bad bad loss for them. Yep. But they've 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 kind of counteracted that with some of the development. Obviously, adding Semi Ojale, which I don't think is like a, a game changing player by any means, um, unless he's playing the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> of course. But 
it's uh it it is it is an interesting dynamic. I think at the end of the day, obviously the Bucks are poised to finish with one of the best, if not the best, record in the Eastern Conference. They're probably poised to be title contenders again, barring any type of injury. Uh, it's it should be kind of them and this next team that we'll talk about in a little bit that that's going to be, you know, head to head for for the Eastern Conference. It just depends on injuries. Um, by the way, speaking mm-hmm. of injuries, I, I did all my quote unquote lists, assuming health for both teams. So Pascal, yeah. fully healthy, Chris Boucher, et cetera, um, fully healthy. Um, when it comes to offense, I think I'm going to side with the Bucks, And the reason being. You have a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's going to be stop, hard to stop both in terms of half-court setting and in terms of fast-break type opportunities. Yeah. Um, yes, I know the Raptors are just going to be a team in general that's going to run a lot, uh, and I think that the Bucks are well-equipped to do that as well and stop it on the offensive end and, and and excuse me, on the defensive end and kind of put it that in their track. So that's that's for me on the offensive end. How about you? Yeah, I had the the same thing. I look at the Bucks offense, and as we were talking about, you know, the growth that they had throughout the playoffs, I think they really found something with um, kind of just being less rigid. And I'm talking specifically about Bud is in how they would get their offense. They they made uh, Giannis more of a screener, right? They took kind of took the ball out of his hands to some degree, and they put it in Chris Middleton's hands, and they made Chris more of a playmaker. And that was that kind of changed their playoffs in some ways. And Chris, over time in the playoffs, he embraced that role, and he was the guy that was hitting game winners, and he was hitting uh, shots late in games that we haven't we're not accustomed to seeing Chris Middleton hit. And they really found something that kind of worked for them. And I enjoyed in the in the, in the finals. And And one of the terms that Bud used for their offense is that he wanted more randomness, which isn't a good thing for Bud necessarily to say because um, of, you know, his coaching history and how um, I guess he's just not really a guy who likes to adjust too much. And he kind of sticks to his guns a little bit, but what he mentioned random, um, I think he was kind of getting at what we kind of saw in, in game five against the Suns, And it was actually pretty impressive. And there were moments where we saw like PJ Tucker getting screens from Brooke Lopez and, you know, Giannis getting screens from PJ Tucker. Like it was kind of everywhere. And, and that's what he was talking about with randomness is we have all these guys that can do a lot of different things for us. So let's just have everyone's a screener. Everyone's a roller. Everyone's a shooter to some degree. And let's just, create offense for us. They were obviously a lot bigger than the Suns, and that was a huge part of why they were able to beat them. And they, they finally started to use their, their advantage, and that was their size. So with the Raptors and Bucks, um, I just feel like the, the Bucks are going to continue that. And they got uh, a lot more... Uh, this guy, they're calm, cool, collected right now. You can kind of see it already in preseason. They have a lot more um, positive energy around them. They have a lot more confidence, a lot more swag, and that's going to carry on for the rest of the season. The Raptors off it. I think it's still a work in progress. And they kind of talked about that actually today is that they just haven't worked too much on that offense in the, in the half court um, at this point, but he did acknowledge that, you know, what they're going to be offer, what they're going to be able to offer this year is going to be different from previous years, just because they have some guys that can do different things. And he was talking about Goran Dragic's cutting and his off ball moving and Scotty at his size, already being able to be that guy who's in the high post and passing the ball around, or even in the post. Right. And he's, he's feeding people, he's finding cutters. And those are two elements that they didn't always have in previous seasons. But if we're just comparing like offense to offense, I, I like the, the fluidness of the bucks more so because they have Giannis and he's the constant mismatch. It's never going <laughs> to, it's never going to change. Let's move on to, to defense. What are your right. thoughts? 
I think defensively, and to your point earlier about, you know, the Bucks having the experience, the more being a little bit more free flowing, I think the same thing applies to the Raptors in the sense that they need to have their players gain the experience. And defensively is something that obviously Nick Nurse hangs his hat on when it comes to his teams. Mm-hmm. I think the most important part is, is having guys like Precious, Scotty, et cetera, the younger guys get those reps defensively. Um, and when it comes to comparing them to the Bucs, I really don't think there is a comparison right now. You know, the, the Bucs have that Giannis Antetokounmpo type player, uh, not even a type player. They literally have Giannis that can anchor their defense for them. Uh, sure. And there's there's really no comparison when it comes to that. So I I, I lean I lean Bucks as well. I do think that the Raptors have some qualities on defense that could be interesting when you match them up directly to the Bucks, especially when it comes to their switchability, their functions to be able to stop screens that are et cetera, et cetera. Right. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely a, a chance that the Raptors are a good matchup for the Bucks, but in terms of who do I favor defensively, it's, it's absolutely Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, they just won a championship. And what, what held them back in previous seasons was their half court offense and their inability to create good shots for themselves, good shots for Giannis, find them space. Um, but the defense was always a constant. That's why they're able to, you know, be one of the best teams in the regular season year in, year out. Um, but, you know, on the defensive end, like they're, they're extremely strong and they just have guys that um, have been there before who have a lot of cohesion on both ends of the court. And I mean, they just have some of the best defenders at their position. And while the Raptors, they have a lot of length, but they don't necessarily have the best defenders at all the positions. Like Fred's great. OG's great. Pascal's great. But if we're talking like the grand scheme of the team, um, they're also trying to implement a new system too, which is going to be mm-hmm. probably another wrench in this. It might take, you know, another season or so to, um, kind of figure out who they're going to be on the defensive end. But one thing Nick said today that I thought was really interesting is that he said, he's going to be probably less creative on the defensive end. And it's probably just because of the amount of length that they have, mm-hmm. which is uh, probably the best call. Like you don't need to complicate this, right? When you have uh, mismatches everywhere for the other team, then you have to be creative and you have to find ways to negate those mismatches so they can't you know, hurt you. But with what the Raptors are doing this year, he's like, we just have so much size everywhere. Like there aren't mismatches for the other team that really, like maybe yep. when the Joel Embiid's come into the building, outside of that, they're going to be good to go. They're going to be able to man up and guard everyone um, face up one-on-one. So the matchup with this one, I said the Bucks as well, just because of the championship pedigree, they're coming off of that chip and uh, their defense has been one of the constants over the past three, four years, but I don't think it's that far apart between these two teams. You know? I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and and I mean, just, just projecting it forward for the next couple of years, I think the archetype of player that Scotty is supposed to be guarding is yeah. a Giannis type player. Obviously he's not going to be able to do that in his rookie year, but I guess the goal is moving forward that, you know, they, he'd be the ideal person to be able to defend a guy like Giannis. So mm-hmm. I guess that's the the thing you look forward to. I think the Raptors do present an interesting matchup for the Bucks, but it's it's not necessarily close in terms of what you said experience, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to rebounding and ball movement. We'll kind of go through these ones a little bit quick because we uh, agreed that the Bucks are better in both these categories. So, yeah. sir, after you. Yeah, I agree, man. Look, I think size is just one factor for the Bucks that that they have over the Raptors. I know you mentioned obviously the six nine. Everybody likes to mention it, the the six nine forwards that we oh, yeah. the Raptors are trying to employ. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, rebounding is something that the Raptors have have struggled with. A lot of that does have to do with the schemes that Nick runs on defense whether it be implementing zones, which kind of reduce the amount of um, pressure that you have to box out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. I think that's a, that, that's a focal point, uh, something that 
you kind of have to keep an eye on for the Raptors this season. I know Kem Birch is, has been a good offensive rebounder in, in the past and Precious does have obviously the length and athleticism and agility, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I still think that this team is not going to be that good of a rebounding team. You'll notice for the rest of the teams as well, I, I pretty much went with the other side when it comes to rebounding, just because I think that's that's one of the weaker points for the Raptors this season. Uh, ball movement, I, I again, I, I think the the Bucks just have a well-oiled machine at this point. The Raptors are still honest. trying to iron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the Raptors are still trying to iron out some kinks, and I think those those kinks will come as the season comes. If we do this halfway through the season, things might yeah. change. But uh, as of now, yeah, absolutely. Ball movement is, is with the Bucks. One thing I'll counter with with the re- on the rebounding is that I think with the Raptors playing a little bit more of a conservative style, they're going to be aggressive on the defensive end, right? That's that's what that's their mo. That's what they do. But as Nick said, they're going to be less creative, and there's going to be probably less scrambling. And with that, you're going to be in a better position to do some rebounding, right? And um, with some of the guys that they brought in, uh, Scotty's already been a really strong presence on the offensive rebounding side, and uh, so same with uh, Precious too. So I think that's actually one of the categories, specifically offensive rebounding, that the Raptors are going to take like a huge jump in because they are going to struggle a little bit in the half court. And, right. you know, if you have the personnel to go get some offensive rebounds and you're not worried necessarily about teams, you know, hurting you on the other end because everyone's 6'9 anyways, you can mm-hmm. you were afforded the opportunity to take some more risks on that side. And then ball movement, as we're talking about, uh, Giannis's passing has just grown so much and he's he's become like actually really good at it now. Like before he was like, OK, but now he's very, very good at it and he's understanding schemes so well. He kind of knows where his players are going to be at all times. And that's just a comfort within the Buck system. And w- because of that, like, he's just going to find those open guys. And uh, with that in mind, like, you know, the Pat Connaughton's uh, things, guys like this, like they just have to hit their open shots. And when they yeah. do that, the Bucks are going to be in a really good spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I think one one aspect that you kind of touched on, which which relates to the next parts of what we wanted to touch, which is coaching the bench and yeah. the intangibles. Continuity is huge. And the Raptors, you know, having this flip where they ha- have added a bunch of new players that they're trying to fit into a system. Obviously, the rookies, mm-hmm. the younger guys. I think that's an aspect that we have to take into consideration when talking about the bench and the intangibles. I think I think the Raptors are a deeper team than the Bucks. There's no doubt in that um, yeah. just because I think they, they can go about nine, 10 guys deep. That'll be an issue for Milwaukee um, as they try to kind of pace themselves towards going to the playoffs, because I do think losing PJ Tucker is, is bigger than people expect. They want to have a guy like Jordan Nuara take a step and be that guy for them. Now there's some questions in terms of the depth. So that's something that I'd look forward to in terms of the bench as well. Yeah. And then on the intangibles thing um, I had the Raptors and that's, purely just because I trust Nick Nurse as a coach. And mm-hmm. when we think of intangibles, when we think of um, game ready, night in, night out, I feel like in a game where it's kind of Bud versus Nick in some situations in the fourth quarter, I think Nick is going to be a little bit more innovative in his ways to get to get the win. And while Bud kind of showed us uh, last season that he's made his own strides in this, um, I still like just Nick's stick-to-itiveness and uh, his ability to kind of, uh, I guess, manage possessions and win right. possessions and within the margins. And I think the Raptors overall, like if we talk about like, you know, Fred and OG and Pascal, um, these are the championship pedigree players that we're talking about. No, OG wasn't a huge factor in the championship that they, that they won, but I like what they offer. I like um, their comp, their comp compete level. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a difference maker. But I mean, intangibles, like with something like this, I kind of just want to give the Raptors one more category, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I agree, man. And look, as we go on, I don't I don't think there's going to be many coaching matchups that Nick yeah. Nurse loses. So, sure. yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, so uh, a lot of change on that end. We don't need to get into the Kyrie Irving thing, but that we can just stop it there, that Kyrie is not with the team. He is not getting vaccinated, and they kind of made the call that, oh, if you're not going to get vaccinated, uh, we're not going to do this part-time employee thing. You're either with us or you're not, so yeah. you can stay home. Um, so he's not with them right now. That does leave a void at the starting point guard position. I mean, technically, kind of it is. James Harden anyways, but uh, Steve Nash has said that he hasn't made any decisions necessarily on who's going to fill that extra spot. Um, I would imagine probably it's going to be just James Harden at point guard and they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll, you know, pick your person who you want to uh, take off the bench or they could, you know, surprise us and they maybe the one use Patty Mills. I don't know. I think Patty Mills could be a a great uh, person to fill in. I think at some point Kyrie's probably going to make his way to the nets, but we just don't know when. So for both of us, obviously the offense, it's one of the most prolific in NBA history last season and James Harden and Kevin Durant, two of the the best one-on-one players in the NBA and NBA history, they're going to win this category with, uh, <laughs> against the Raptors. Yeah. So let's just put that there. Um, yeah, let's talk no about, way- no yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> on the defensive end, um, this is also kind of pretty self-explanatory too. The Nets, they weren't a great defensive team last year. That's not what they're kind of focused on. They do a lot of switching and um, that did help them a lot in the playoffs. And it was kind of impressive actually the the way they're able to um, specifically Kevin Durant, the way he was able to kind of control the paint and the the smart switching that they did. um, That's, you know, it's credit to Steve Nash because he did a great job in his first season, but overall, I mean, the Raptors MO is going to be defense. And so I think they're going to be probably better uh, at this one, um, your thoughts, anything? I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the, the Raptors are, are built to beat up on small ball teams. Uh, yeah. You know, we, t- we talk about the six foot nine and, and the forwards and et cetera, but the versatility of having players like that is the fact that you can match up against the Nets small ball lineups. Um, the Nets don't have that Joel Embiid. They don't have that Nikola Jokic that's going to beat you up inside. And I think the same thing applies um, when you when you consider the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to be able to play small ball against them. The Raptors have mm-hmm. that advantage of being able to match up with you with a bunch of length and, and a bunch of guys who can kind of switch on any pick and rolls. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would actually lean with the Raptors in terms of defense, but I 100% agree that the Nets have also learned a lot on that end and they've improved to the point where it's a little bit closer than you'd imagine. Yeah. On rebounding, we actually had different opinions on this one. I took the Raptors because, as I said to you, I think I mean we feel like maybe the Raptors aren't going to be a strong rebounding team. I think they're actually going to be better this year. And so probably this is going to be a, an ongoing theme that I have rebounding <laughs> for them and you don't. We'll see yeah. what happens. Um, but I just think that with their athleticism, it's going to be a focus for them. That's kind of the overall point is I think they're going to focus on um, rebounding on both ends of the court because they have the guys for it. And they have probably more athleticism, you know, night in, night out than most teams. And then if I look at the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, I mean, their bench is going to be really good. And we're going to get into that in a second. You know, I'm happy Marcus Aldridge is back in the NBA. That's terrific. I'm happy. I'm hope, I hope he stays healthy. Um, but, you know, Millsap, uh, Patty Mills, um, they're going to have uh, Bruce Brown probably coming off their bench as well. Um, all these guys. Yes, they're I mean, I guess Bruce Brown's. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A little bit different because he is a great rebounder, but some of the other guys, like they're not necessarily rebounders right now. They're at the twilights of their careers in some ways. And I don't see them necessarily having the jump that they had, you know, back in the day, but you know, size matters and they're still tall players with, uh, you know, kind of a savvy veteran experience. So maybe it's a bigger issue than I'm anticipating. I'll give it to you, to be honest with you, because I, I think I think if the Raptors are trying to focus on rebounding and, and that's that's an aspect, especially with the fact that, you know, half court possessions are going to be so crucial for this Raptors yeah. team and how they generate them. If they can be the better team on the offensive boards, get more possessions for them. It makes, it makes a bunch of sense strategy wise. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. If the nets like the nets aren't even that great at rebounding. So it's, it's a, it's a fine argument there. Yeah. And uh bench, I guess we both agree that uh, the players that I mentioned already um, a lot of veg, like great pickups, right? It's yeah. kind of an embarrassment of riches, the guys that they yes. have coming off their bench, because yeah. some of those guys could definitely be starters still, and they could still play, you know, 25 plus minutes. I'm not going to be asked to do that on the mm-hmm. nets necessarily, but you know, night in, night out, it could be LaMarcus Aldridge playing 25 minutes because he has it going. And then maybe it's Paul Millsap on a different day because they're such heady players, you know um, you could probably play them both at the same time. You could really get creative with them because they have that versatility and they just, they have an understanding of the game that um, a veteran would versus uh, another, another player. So yeah, uh, the bench is going to be a huge factor for, for both these teams, but Definitely, I think the the Nets have the the upper hand in this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean that they've they've been spoiled. I think they're probably one of the more deeper teams in the East, uh, let alone the NBA. So absolutely. Um, I think coaching though, uh, and we both agree. Here we go I, again. I, I, yeah, I, it's just it's gonna be a it's gonna be something that shows up throughout this episode. It's gonna be Nick Nurse. I know Steve Nash showed a lot. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he transitions into year two, how he adjusts on his own without the help of a guy like Mike D'Antoni by his side. Yeah. But I still lean with Nick Nurse as the head coach, especially defensively. Um, just the just the creativity that he shows out there. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But yes, leaning Nurse. And let's move on to the intangibles. We both have actually the Nets. Um, I'm curious why you have them because it's probably the same reason that I have. <laughs> it's because they have Kevin Durant and James Harden. That's the intangibles. Yeah, like at the end much. of the day, you 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 have those two players. You're gonna. You're gonna be the better team. <laughs> it's it's not that much. Uh, it's not that much of an explanation. But at the yeah. end of the day, you have two top five, top seven players in the NBA. You're gonna win out intangibles wise. So, 
man, they almost beat the Bucks, and that was through the winning those final minutes, you know. Yeah. And yeah. like James Harden was at like forty percent or whatever he is, and you know, as if Kevin Durant, Durant was Durant just said, wearing his shoe size, man. Exactly that's right. He's like yeah. his dumbass big toe. That was the difference maker, <laughs> right? So yep. definitely. Yep. Um, again, it's probably going to be the Nets in that one. They're going to be a fun team this year. I mean, I know people yep. kind of have some scorn towards them, but it's going to be fun to see Kevin Durant and James Harden uh, healthy in shape James Harden um, yep. playing together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. Some people aren't as high as high on them. Um, they don't feel like last season was kind of the norm and that what they're going to be this season, but I'm the exact opposite. I am so high on them. I think they're going to be an incredible team. And the only reason I think they're going to finish third in the East is because they're competing with the likes of the Nets and the Bucks. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I, I think we're, we're like-minded in the situation. I think the, the Hawks are if not the deepest, one of the deepest teams in the NBA, uh, just yeah. because they have, they have 11 guys, 12 guys that they can put out there and play. And, you know, they added two rookies that, that who are also, you know, yeah. kind of poised, poised Jeez. to break out in some ways, right? Sharif Cooper, Jalen Johnson. Those are guys that, that you can potentially rely on maybe not this year, but in year two, I think the Hawks are the team of the future in the East, but in the yeah. same, in, in the same vein, they do have a lot to compete right now. I mean, when you have, an offensive engine like Trey Young. And speaking on the offensive end, I'm leaning Hawks purely because of a guy like Trey Young who can generate, he, he'll he'll have a usage rate of, of plus 30, but at the same time, he, he'll be able to generate so much offense for you that there's yeah. there's no issues there, right? So absolutely leaning uh, Hawks on that end. Defensively, it might be a little bit of a different story though. Yeah. On the offense, I was really impressed by kind of some of the role players and the the variety of ways and that they're able to, you know, orchestrate their offense and make their offense happen. Kevin Herter, I mean, he was one of the breakout players to me of the playoffs because he kind of showed how many tools he has in his basket. He can kind of do it all. He doesn't really have a lot of flaws necessarily in the offensive end. He just has to get better at all these things. And I mean, Bogdanovich, if he was just healthy, probably things would have been a little bit different for for them against the Bucs to some degree. Um, but yeah, they're a really fun team and I just don't see them having a lot of flaws necessarily on either end of the court. Um, so let's see what, uh, what things did we differ on here? It's not really anything, actually. We're kind of the same on pretty same much up, everything. Yeah. yeah. Defense coaching. We'll, we'll get to the Raptors. Uh, just uh, shout out Nate McMillan, McMillan, new contract. He was 27 and 11 with the Hawks. Once he took over heck of a record, like he really did just switch that franchise and make them who they are now now they went from one of the the worst stories last season to one of the best and one of the rising teams that are going to be good for a long long time so i don't know we can just maybe move on from the atlanta hawks it was kind of short on them but yeah they're just they are a far superior team than the toronto raptors right now that's yeah. kind of just what it is it, it is what it is yeah I, I think i think the the hawks right now are what the raptors potentially hope to be in the next couple of years a very very yeah. deep team that has multiple young guys that they can either, you know, potentially consolidate into something bigger, a, a bigger superstar, et cetera, or it's, mm-hmm. it's someone, you know, essentially a team that can be competitive for years to come. So I agree, yeah. man. I, I think the Hawks are, are one of the more fun teams. I think they're like right at the top of my league pass rankings, uh, just having Trey young. And then on top of that, you have the, the, the wings that are just very appealing. The John Collins, the DeAndre Hunters, the Cam Reddishes, the Kevin Herters, the, you know, you mentioned it with Bogdan. They have so much versatility on the wing that they can just hit you from all different angles. It's, it's absolutely the Hawks in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah. And they were, yeah, they had a lot of injury issues last year in that uh, playoffs. And if they were healthy, man, like, I don't think it would have 
the Bucks series would have been really, really interesting. And that would have probably put them into a whole different stratosphere when it comes to how people are, are viewing them, because there are, I think, way too many people who think that they aren't going to be able to repeat that this year. There is yeah. no reason not to. They have the same players coming back. They added DeLon Wright, another guy. Like They can go probably 12 deep <laughs> if they yeah. want to this year. And they, they really could probably... Could. Yeah, and they could probably handle some injuries too. You know, if you need DeLon Wright to be a starting point guard for a couple of days because uh, Trey Young is out for two weeks or whatever the case is, he right. can do that for you. And he's going to do a really good job at it. So Hawks are going to be really good this year. I'm excited for them. Let's move on to huh, the Miami Heat. Fun times. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have very similar, um, a lot of heat here. Um I guess actually I have a little bit more Raptors, um, but yeah, you can start on the offense. What are your thoughts on why they're going to be a better offensive team than the Raptors? Um, you know, there's going to be one guy <laughs> on that team that, yeah. you know, is very familiar to Raptors fans. I'm sure you guys all know him. It's, it's Kyle Lowry. Um, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. just the fact that like at the end of the day, uh, all the, the good stuff that you know and are so familiar with when it comes to the Raptors offense is just now on the Miami Heat, uh, whether it be creating something out of nothing. We've seen, or sorry, nothing out of so- something out of nothing. Yes, I got that right. Uh, creating something out of nothing and and kind of generating stuff on the fly is Kyle yeah. Lowry's mo, and that's going to be so key for them offensively. You plug him into a situation with Bam, who can also create for others. Jimmy Butler, who can create for others. It's just a playmaking machine offensively. So there's there's no question in my mind offensively they're they're ahead of us, and I think a lot of the same reasons defensively they have that advantage as well. Yeah, I just realized that I had uh, the Raptors defense or Raptors um, as a better defensive. Oh no, wait, never mind. No, I didn't. Never mind. Cancel that. I'm um, just on the offense with, uh, with Kyle. Um, I think we could see him have a lot of games where he has like four points and like 13 assists because mm-hmm. he really does embrace being the facilitator and they have so many great finishers on that team that he's going to relish that opportunity to just work in the pick and roll and make Bam a superstar and to find a cutting Tyler hero and to find Duncan Robinson coming off a few screens for an open three and to make Jimmy Butler's life easier. That's all he wants to do. Like he talks about wanting to get guys paid. He just wants to make things easier. And that's what he does. And he's going to be excellent at it this year. Uh, Jimmy Butler said the other day that he's like, you really got to be in shape to keep up with Kyle. Like Kyle's 34 years old and you got Jimmy he culture, baby. He coached. Yeah, exactly. Man, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why they brought him in. He's gonna he's a great fit there. Um, it's gonna it's still yeah. very weird seeing him in a heat jersey and to not see him on with the Raptors, but he's gonna be a terrific fit there. Um, Absolutely. let's look at another category. Um, how about coaching? What do you think? <laughs> so so I think I, I mean I mean, look, it's very close. And if I had to do a ranking of the top coaches in the Eastern Conference, I think yeah. these two coaches would be one, two. But I do give the slight edge to Spolstra. I I think Spolstra is the better coach when it comes to one in-game decision-making and and switching it up, right? Mm -hmm. I think two, when it comes to rotations, he's a little bit more, he has more experience in that end, I believe. I just think Spo is at this point a a better coach. It's not to say that, you know, it's not close. It's like a one, a one and two. It's a one, a one B type of thing. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. sure. Um, When it comes to Spo and nurse. So it's, it's close on that front, but I do think the advantage comes with them. The only thing that I, I I really think is going to be an issue for the heat going forward. And it's going to be an issue if they ever match up Uh, it's their bench. That's going to be the big issue for Miami. Uh, I, 
I, there's not much there. They, they've really spent and they've invested on their top six, maybe yeah. seven. Uh, outside of that, it's it's very, very bleak. And I think that's one area where the Raptors can kind of hang their hat on this year is they have a bench that can that can really generate something for them, both offensively and defensively. It's going to be fun. Bench mob, 4.0, 3.0, whatever you want to call it, it's back. Um, the Heat, not necessarily. They do not have that. Yeah. Victor Oladipo, is, uh, he could be back in January, December. It's looking like that. So he would be obviously a huge boost for um, their bench, assuming that's what his role is going to be. Um, maybe it's not, but we'll see. But whoever they're going to be taking into the starting lot, starting lineup, he's just going to be adding to um, what their kind of rotation is going to be. And as we know with the playoffs, you know, it's it's probably going to be your top seven, eight anyways. So I think they're probably banking on that, that, you know, if they just get enough out of a few of those bench players that they're going to be in good shape for, for the playoffs and to make a, a long run. But you're right, the on the bench side with the Raptors, I'm very excited. Um, you know, Nick said today, I think I said it earlier, that uh, he has acknowledged that they have a lot more depth this year. Right. He said it today that our depth is at the wazoo in some, well, it's my, my word wazoo, but <laughs> uh, I could see cases where, you know, they're going kind of 10, 11 deep and they're doing it happily and they're doing it confidently. I think Svi has been a great addition. I apologize to him once because I put a limit on what his game was, but he is much more than just a jump shooter. And even if you just look at, you know, a basketball reference, like he wasn't even a great shooter necessarily, but his uh, ability to operate in the pick and roll, his driving, he's a much more athletic than I actually thought he was. He's a player that I think he's going to be kind of like your change of pace guy you bring off the bench just to be a spark plug and to change things up. And they're probably going to be bringing Goran Dragic off the bench, uh, Dragic off the bench. And I would assume that um, he's going to have a huge role, right? He's going to have a huge role. He's going to help them quite a bit um, on the offensive end. As Nick has mentioned, you know, the way that he's able to just find uh, alleyways to create offense for himself. And he's just so smart. He's going to help Malachi quite a bit and we'll see what Precious is able to do. Um, he may be starting some games. He may not be. We'll see what happens between him and Kem, but Precious obviously has more to his game than what he was able to show in Miami. And, you know, I, I look forward to seeing him dribble the ball <laughs> up the court, yeah. you know, block a shot and get past half and make that first pass and help the Raptors become a, a, one of the best transition teams in the NBA because they need to be that squad if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs this year. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think they're going to hang their hat on, on transition offense a lot this year. Uh, I think, I think that's going to be a key to their success. I mean, recipes to success. They're going to, uh, number one thing is always going to be transition running, running yeah. the break. Um, yeah. That's going to be huge for them this year. Let's move on to the Chicago bulls and we'll kind of go a little bit quickly with, uh, through some of these ones, but, um, the Chicago bulls are an interesting team because of all the changes that they made this year. So mm -hmm. on the bulls, offensively, offensively, obviously they're going to be a better team, um, defensively between the two teams. Obviously, the Raptors are going to be better because we're not sure how the Bulls are going to be able to guard anyone. Um, but then on the ball movement, the rebounding side of things, your thoughts? For the for the rebounding and ball movement side of things, I do think Vooch is, is still an excellent rebounder despite not being the greatest defensive anchor. Um, I think they do have some size in there that can, that can kind of help with that. That's still mm -hmm. an issue for the Bulls, but uh, I guess that's just me not being very, very excited about the Raptors chances as a rebounding team again with the conversation that we had earlier I might I might yeah. sway a different way uh ball movement wise I just think they have a lot of creators on their team Lonzo Ball DeMar DeRozan yeah. Zach Levine they just have a lot of guys who can create things uh and I think that's where I sway it, when it when it comes to those two categories specifically they actually picked Mac Thomas over Stanley Johnson for one of their final roster spots Did you I hear? know man I know yeah. Very sad know. I'm sorry Stanley uh, yeah. I'm not sure where he's going to be going here but Matt Thomas hopefully he bounces the back though 
hopefully yeah, bounce back. Absolutely, right? Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, I, I like the the Bulls top eight or so defensively, as we're talking about. It's going to be a bit of an issue, and I think they they know it. I think DeMar, uh, guys like him, they kind of know what the narrative is right now, that they're going to be able to score 130, but they're also going to be uh, – there's going to be 130 points against them as well. So yeah. that's going to be something they have to figure out. Bench-wise, again, the Raptors have a little bit more depth. They put a lot of money into that starting lineup. So that's uh, going to be a problem for the Chicago Bulls. Um, on the 76ers, we're going to go really quick with this one, and it's just pretty much like what's going on with Ben Simmons – Today, he yep. refused to put his hand into uh, the team huddle at the end of practice. <laughs> He's there like it's a mess. And yep. whatever goes on with him, they have to figure that out because it does change who they're going to be a mm. lot. Um, yep. I'm not going to go into the 76ers because that's just like a mess that has to be figured out. And we can't even Huge evaluate them. There's... Yeah, we can't even evaluate them. Right. Yeah. Um, with until we know what's going to be happening here. Just wrapping up on the Boston Celtics real quick. Yeah. You wanted to start with the, the offense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think offensively, when you have a player like a Jason Tatum and then to to his side, you have a player like Jalen Brown, uh, you're, you're going to win. In a lot of ways, some of the things I thought about the Brooklyn Nets apply to the Boston Celtics just because of their top end yeah. talent. Uh, you have guys who can score off the dribble. They can create for themselves. They're just self-sufficient shot creators. That's why you lean offensively to, to the Boston Celtics. I think this is something that kind of has echoed throughout this episode is, is half court wise, the Raptors will struggle on offense. It's going to mm. be something that we see throughout the year. Some nights it'll be great because of the three point shooting. Some nights it'll be awful because of the three point shooting. Um, they are going to live and die by the three point uh, yeah. shot. And it's, it's just going to be interesting to see for the Raptors side of things. Offensively. I just think the, the Celtics can generate a little bit more on the half court end. Yep. And uh, it's, kind of seeing a trend with all these things that we had all these categories yeah. is that you know the bench is going to be good for the raptors rebounding could be better defensively they're going to be strong coaching they're going to be strong but yeah. um the half court offense is going to be a recurring theme you got to see what comes of it and as we close the podcast that's again where i'm going to kind of put it is that could the raptors be a playoff team yes they could they could be in that top six but we don't know what they're going to be in the half court and uh, it's going to be up to you kind of Pascal and Fred and OG making, you know, strides and they're kind of banking on that. They're thinking that, you know, they could potentially have, you know, four guys averaging 16 or more points and they're going to need that if they want to make noise in the Eastern conference. And if they don't get that, then things are going to probably, they're probably playing bad. That's yeah. kind of the reality I, of it. I think, uh, I think a lot of the Raptors quote unquote ceiling relies on the step that OG Ananobi takes. I mean, we saw it in the preseason. Everybody was yeah. enamored with him. Uh, just saw a tweet the other day, actually, it might have been today, that he's, he was one of the most efficient scorers in the mm -hmm. preseason as well. I, I think there are there is a very, very good chance that we see an all-star type season from OG, a potential most improved player type season from OG. But yeah. that is what determines how far this Raptors team goes. I think Jeez, no pressure. all things considered, Pascal... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. All things considered, you know, Scotty's going to have an interesting rookie year. He's going to make those highlight plays for you. He's, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch on the court. I think Pascal is going to come back to Toronto and, and hopefully be healthy and get back to, you know, what a lot of people had imagined. Fred is going to continue being that steady Freddie that everybody knows. But yeah. the real the real X factor here for the Raptors is OG. And I, I think that's that's fair to say. I think it's a good expectation to have on the guys is, is hey, you're going to take the next step or not. So. Yeah. And if their defense can really actually, you know, truly create that much offense, because that's what they're kind of banking on. And that's why Nick is spending so much time uh, figuring out ways that they can create offense out of their defense and getting guys in transition really fast. S, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Um, enjoy the season. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk to you again, but yeah, man, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.